For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, December 12th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... ...re in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. And I am Troy Harmon, and that was a big explosion. I don't know what in the world that was. 2020. <laughs> it's almost gone. It's, the, the noise is a lot more faint than we might have heard in the Thank past. Goodness. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, again, I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with the uh, one and only Justin Wagner. Justin, I know you've got some sort of a designation. I never remember it. It's Let okay. me guess. Certified Fund Specialist? No, actually, that's Scott. No. Scott is a CFS. Oh, is he? Okay. Yes. Well, I, I yeah. think also um, Jim Crone, who's on with us once oh, in a while, has well. that as well. Okay. I thought you had that. I don't know no. why. So what is it? I, so I missed my, my Mine's AIF, so Accredited Investment Fiduciary. Okay. And of course, I know everybody on this call, I have by far the least amount of letters behind my name, which <laughs> I'm completely cool with. By yeah. Way. Well, the other individual that we have on the call is Shauna Theriel. Hey, Shauna. Morning. Yeah, and Shauna has, well, Shauna, you uh, hold the CFP uh, mm-hmm. as well as CPA, CPA and, and CDFA. CDFA. Now, what is CDFA? There we go. A certified divorce financial analyst. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she could help, yeah. you know. That's awesome. She could help in the, in the off case that someone is getting a divorce for Christmas. In the off case, what what and what fifty percent of divorce of marriages end in divorce? Is that right, Shauna? Somewhere around there? Yes, I believe so. Last I checked, yes, that's correct. That's a great designation to have then. Well, I guess. I, how I mean, many, it doesn't tell percentages of how many uh, have done it multiple times, though, does it? Well, that's I'd be interested. If you've done too. it three times or four times, right? Then, then, it, then I guess they'll be calling you three or four times. Well, not only that, it's it's higher than 50% of their, is, divorce, their marriages have ended that in divorce. That is true. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so the gang's all here, and uh, we're here to talk about some financial situations. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, let's start with the stock market. Uh, as we do every week, um, end of last week, we asked market up or down. It's pretty flat, but it is up. You're right. I would have been right again. Come on, Shauna, don't steal my thunder. Point zero eight percent, but you're right. Pretty flat. I mean, we're we're barely splitting hairs this week. Uh, Unless you're looking at energy, which is up seven point seven eight percent this week. Ever since the election, it's just yeah. Well, actually, it started. You know, 
it's it's hard to say one thing drives the market one way right. or the other, but I will tell you that when most of this started was the day the vaccine Pfizer said That's that right. they had a vaccine with a 94% yep. e- efficacy. I think initially they said 90%, and then that very day Russia came out and said that theirs had 92%. And then it was efficacy. 94 from Pfizer. Pfizer, was, yeah. Right. Pfizer yeah. came back and said, we said 90 plus. We really meant 94 so anyway, I don't know why. So what you're so you're saying energy went up because we have a vaccine and that means that people will be driving more and travel. Correct. Again yeah, yeah. 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 That yep. Demand. Demand sense. is yeah. going to drive it higher. So people uh, go back to work. We still have a supply driving. issue though, don't we? Uh, well, uh, it's not oversupplied, and we've seen that actually fall uh, pretty significantly in the last few weeks, uh, maybe even the last couple of months. Uh, we started started seeing. Um, I think there is a a wish uh, in the Middle East, which is where, you know, most of the oil is generated. But we are now, we as in the United States, uh, are now energy independent. um, But we're still impacted by, you know, global supply issues. And, um, yeah, Saudi Arabia more or less controls uh, supply, which also controls price. Uh, in 2014, as you'll recall, they decided that they were just going to show us who was boss uh, to try to shut down um, the fracking in, in uh, the Bakken Shell in western North Dakota, and they did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was ugly and painful for a little while uh, if you were part of the energy uh, industry, and um, you know it, it came back a little while, but they almost cut off their nose to spite their face because they began having economic issues themselves. Uh, and driving the price down below 25 I think it was around $23. It got to low 20s. Like yeah, Yeah, but in this case, they didn't necessarily mean to initially, uh, but it got down in the teens. We saw crude in the teens. And the reason, yes, it was ridiculous. Wow. And the reason being um, because Russia wouldn't cooperate when Saudi asked them, hey, why don't we just back up on uh, on supply a little bit and make a stable price and... Russia said, no, we're not really interested. So Saudi Arabia then decided that they would show them, again, who's boss and, um, you know, drove us through the floor for a little while. In fact, in April, April 20th, I believe it was, we had negative prices uh, in crude oil, uh, West Texas Intermediate. Yeah, it was it wasn't spot price, but it was uh, definitely I think we went to negative thirty eight dollars a barrel. And, you know, I remember we had. 401k participants going asking how is that possible? It's really more of a trading it anomaly is, yeah. than it is anything else. Yeah, it it wasn't spot price. Right. So you know people were paying. It was a financial contract that went negative, um, but it's now reported as oil prices went negative. Mm-hmm. Well, it of was course. oil prices for delivery in three months. You know, so it wasn't truly oil prices for today. Um, but so uh, even though energy was up 7.8 percent for the week, it's still down for the year 28 percent. Yeah, it was down as much as 56 or 7 percent at one point wow. uh, in the in the peak of the crisis, Shauna. And um, buying opportunity. A- absolutely, it's, it is one of the few places that still, even after the significant run it's had, and I think it's up over 30 percent uh, since um, November 1st or something like that. So. Uh, even even though it's had such a run, um, valuation in the in the oil patch still looks pretty attractive. Um, and, and you know we've talked talked about this 
uh, around because Hensler Financial obviously has clients that uh, might ask you a question or two when things are, are getting weird. As you said, Justin, you know, you had clients that were asking you, 401k clients that were saying, how in the world can this be? Um, well, it was. And, um, you know, it, it kind of hurts to stay the course when you still believe that that's the cheapest spot and watch it go negative even further. So, um it's it's starting to turn a corner at this point, looking looking better. But uh, you know, between that and dividend paying stocks, which also got beaten up significantly, um, you look at uh, at the market and uh, valuations of some of the indices right now. Um, the S and P has a has a uh, price to earnings ratio or PE of twenty eight point eight. Its long term average has been changed by this. It used to be 16.5 like a year and a half ago. It's now a little over 17, but that still marks about a 63% premium to the long-term average price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500. So think of this, just that index by itself, 63% premium. You look at growth, which has had a huge year, over 30% positive um, in 2020, when you know we also had a 34% decline in a month um, a few months ago, and growth is actually at about a 72 or 73% premium. Well, and, and Troy, of those of the S&P 500 names, I mean the Fang names, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Netflix Google, yeah. those make up what percentage of the S&P? Just those five names. Yeah, about 25. That's I mean, yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. yeah, five of 500 companies make up 25 percent. Right, one percent by number mm -hmm. make up 25 percent by weight, and that's weighted according to market cap. So, um, so I would imagine that probably lends itself to some of the overvalue we're finding within the S&P. It is just yeah. from a lot of those five names. Right, and those five names are obviously even a bigger weight within the growth. Um, sector uh, the, the growth yeah. index mm -hmm. that is a sub index of the S&P 500. So you look at value and you would think well it's got to be undervalued, right? No. It's at about a 20% premium, a little more than that, some around it looks 23%. better than 60 or 70. It though. looks a heck of a lot better. The the point that I'm making is though, you know, energy looks much more attractive uh than the overall index. Uh, those dividend-paying stocks, so the way that I usually gauge that is by the Dow Jones U.S. Select Dividend Index. A lot of words, right? But it it is truly an index, and it's basically the 100 largest domestic companies, uh, the 100 largest dividend-paying domestic companies. And that's negative for the year. Uh, it is negative right? for the year, and if you look at the valuation on it, it's right at par with long-term average. I think it's about 3% discount right now. Mm -hmm. Would you rather buy something at a 3% discount or a 63% premium? Buy low, sell high. Uh, yeah, and not necessarily, I mean, you don't have to do it in that order. Some of course. People, some people's sell high short, Yeah, buy right, low. they'll short. Right. So uh, either way, but, uh, you know, it, it's the point that I've been making to anybody that's willing or wants to pick a conversation with me these days and yes i say it that way because you ask me a question i might talk for a while <laughs> all right well we're gonna take a quick break and um when we come back i have a dog of the week and not only that we've got a lot of other financial information to talk to you about we will uh be back with money talks in just a moment grab your shotgun cocky back 
shoot the sun until the sky is black. Now I shall hope that the sun got rhythm, cause he gon' dance when that music hit him. Like bang, 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 darkness falls. In the nighttime, I'm camouflaged. You This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, this week uh, we have an international flair to our dog of the week, and um, basically there's a, a man, and I would call him a young man. He's 65 year old, Wong Liu Tai, from uh, Juntun Village in central China. He's a kung fu master. Uh, that that village is uh, near the ancient capital of Luoyang. I can say words. How about that? I think yeah. Great. Check out the the. Uh, this is your geography lesson for the week. Actually, it's not. So, uh, Mr. Liu Tai has a dream to spread his form of kung fu to all of his village, uh, all of his country, and eventually the world. So you know, this is kind of a marketing thing, and I got to tell you. That I, I'm not the biggest fan of his uh, uh, his his dream. His um, martial art is a form of kung fu, as I said before, known as Tong Bei Kwan, which focuses on scores of attack techniques, but also on um, something called the iron throat, the iron head, the iron back. It's uh, the practitioners basically prepare their bodies. Uh, and minds through taking strikes to the body, especially their weakest points of the body. So, as they said, the throat, the head, the back. But the one that is really the most perplexing is the iron crotch. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the most disturbing Making me thing. squirm in my chair. Uh, yeah, I mean, the... the <laughs> Sha- Shauna, you there? We okay? Uh <laughs> That's right. They use an 80-pound log suspended by two chains, and usually it's like something you see in the movies. Yeah, ridiculous. This thing is kind of sharpened on one end and then blunted with a metal, like a piece of sheet metal over the end, and he'll push it away and hit himself right there. And he's wondering why, when he was younger, he's been at this for 50 years. I wonder why it's not taken off. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's my point. That's the reason I think it's a bad, this is a bad business it makes model. Makes sense. When he was younger, he said that 200 people in his village actually studied this tor- type of... Uh, torture? Torture, right. I almost yeah, said, but it. kung fu, uh, you know. Uh, so this this is what the guy does. He wonders why they went from 250 years ago. He only has 20 people willing to do it these that's times. surprising. And of those... Not all of them will participate in this iron crotch portion of the thing. Only 80 back when he was, you know, younger. Hmm. Five now. Interesting. Five. So, yeah. So I'd, his, love to, I'd love to meet those five people. <laughs> I would not, <laughs> personally. I mean, if things go bad, I'd have to run mind. from him. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would practice running. Wow. Uh, Sprint. Anyway, so... You know how how do you think that this form of kung fu is really going to take off? Would put it like this, Shauna? I know your children do cheerleading. If yeah. you had a son, would you put him in kung fu under this master? Absolutely not. No. Who would? You would not. not. Even 
Yeah, you're not going to put your kids in the middle it of it. Takes this. all kinds. I well, it's, I guess. So, I, after, I'm not really surprised by a whole lot anymore, but that one is somewhat perplexing. Yeah. Well, all I can say is don't expect me at the dojo anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that is my dog of the week. Uh, you know, you probably ought to brush up. I, I mean, I know it's Chinese martial art, and you know the Japanese is is um, karate, and you know we have various. Other I won't be methods. enrolling my four month old to see him anytime soon. <laughs> I can assure you that. Yeah, don't don't hold your breath and wait on y'all to show up. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to something financial. Uh, that's got to be among the worst marketing schemes that I think I've ever heard. Um, so we've got a couple here we'd like to talk about the situation that they're in. Uh, Edward and Kimberly, mid-40s, uh, married with three kids. During uh, the COVID crisis, they decided they'd move in with Edward's mother after his father passed uh, to help with the house. Edward's mom, Ruth, is uh, 73. In turn, Ruth helps with Edward's uh, Edward and Kimberly's children. She's a retired school teacher, so uh, with schoolwork, uh, going virtual, it was easy for them to uh, to make this kind of agreement, uh, familiar thing, uh, familial, I meant, uh, thing, so that, um, you know, Edward and Kimberly can live there and, and mom helps out and everybody's good. But they've also uh, created a situation that, that really is, is complex. Um, basically, now that Edward's father's estate is mostly settled, Ruth is going through the process of uh, updating her will. Uh, she intends to leave the house worth about $1.2 million to Edward, while uh, the remainder of the estate, also around $1.2 million, uh, is going to Edward's <laughs> sister. Uh, and then Edward and Kimberly are going to be added to the mortgage, which also would assume that they have some portional ownership in the house. Uh and then Edward will, will receive Ruth's portion of the house upon her passing. Um, any taxes and outstanding debts due will be paid from the estate. So it, it, it brings up a whole lot of questions. Among them, you know, how will the ownership be structured? Uh, who's contributing to the purchase of the house? Um, how do you equalize the estate uh, for the family, especially when there's uh, a sister who's not involved in the the household at the moment, and but still is expected to get uh, a portion of the estate. Uh, Shauna, you want to expand on uh, things that they might think about and how they might uh, resolve issues within this complex situation? Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of issues surrounding this and nuances. Um, when you start retitling assets when individuals are still alive, it really can hurt the estate plan piece. And what I mean by that, so there's a couple of things. So, you know, it says that, you know, Ruth has a mortgage. First of all, you'd have to go through a mortgage refi. You can't just change a mortgage to somebody else's name is my understanding. Right. Um, in addition to that, you're right. You'd have to change the um, title to be able to refi it or mortgage it, right? Um, so you can't just be added to the mortgage. And then it brings up the fact the house is worth, 1.2 million, but how much is the mortgage? So that really, the if the mortgage is 400,000, the house value is really only 800,000 if you're inheriting it, right? right? The equity. Um, but I guess the mortgage may be paid off, and that's the other thing. So if the mortgage is still in the mom's name, 
um, then, you know, if the 1.2 million that's going to the sister, there's a possibility the $400,000 mortgage would come from her share to pay it off. And then, you know, Edward would get this 1.2 and she would only get eight. Right. So it's very difficult to um, equalize this. In addition to that, there's gifting issues with this. You know, if you're, it depends on your, if you're just putting Edward and Kimberly on there and Ruth is completely getting off the house right now. Cause what you're effectively doing is doing a completed gift during your lifetime, which they're still below the exemption of 11.48 million. So that's okay. Um, but what you're doing is you're effectively leaving the cost basis intact. And what I mean by that is, so if she bought the house for a million and it's now worth 1.2 million, the cost basis on that house, if she gifts it to Edward and Kimberly, is still going to be $1 million. So if they were ever were to sell it, now, there's, there's other tax things that can get complicated, but there could be potentially a gain there that could have been wiped out because if it was in Ruth's name and she passed away, you would get, up a, you would get a step up in cost basis to $1.2 million, okay? Um, so it's possible that Edward and Kimberly wouldn't have a gain depending on how long they live there, et cetera, as their primary residence, but it's still – you know, something to think about is there's just a lot of issues surrounding that. Um, it may be hard in the situation, the way that it's structured to equalize it based on a fluctuating mortgage balance, you know, a fluctuating estate. I presume maybe that 1.2 million is invested in something. You uh, assume, so, yep. you, you know, tr- yeah, as you say, yeah, so you tr- would assume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so then, you know, trying to equalize it, you really need to have some sort of equalization in the will and it's generally best to leave the assets titled how they are. Now, with that being said, you know, if they're in Georgia, probate in Georgia is very easy. Um, I would want to make sure that they did remove the father's name from the house um, and just leave it in roots. Or what you can do to avoid probate is kind of, you know, look at something like a revocable trust, um, you know, something like that, which still, you know, you can pour it into the will and on all of that as well. I mean, the, a trust language typically, you know, passes outside of the will, but it doesn't have to depending on how you structure the will and the trust as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of nuances here. And generally speaking, when you start adding children to your assets and structuring it that way, um, you, you know, you could be disinheriting uh, other heirs. You know, what happens, um, you know, if, if Edward passed predeceases her? What if he gets in a car accident and now Kimberly's the owner of the house? Well, was it Ruth's intention to leave it to Kimberly or would it then go to his kids? You know, so when you start retitling assets, you take a lot of the control out of it and you really limit, you know, what you just want to make sure whatever, however you structure it, it's, it's what in, you intended to do in the first place, if that makes sense. Yeah, what if uh, Kimberly and Edward divorced? I mean, that brings a right. whole new complexity to exactly. it as well. And that, as we've already discussed here, uh, is not too uncommon, uh, especially, you know, these days. Uh, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, finish up this discussion, and we've got lots of other things to talk about relative to finance today. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. We'll be right back. interest rates cannot stop the sharp drop in economic activity caused by closures and other forms of social distancing. When the world changes, know what to do. 
This, this is, is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Shauna Theriault. Shauna, you there? Shauna, I'm here. Shauna's there. I knew Shauna was there. And <laughs> Justin Wagner. And uh, we've been talking about a, a pretty complex estate planning situation. Um if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. The way you can get in touch with us with your questions is to call our question hotline. The number is 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you'll call. You'll get our message uh, voice recorder uh, at the beep. You'll tell us uh, your question, and we'll play it on the air and answer your question right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. You can do that any time of the week. Um, She will uh, make sure that we get your question um, and answer your question on the air next week. Uh, If you prefer instead to email us, that's probably a more common way that we are contacted, uh, you can do so by uh, emailing drgenehensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can also go to our website if you're the do-it-yourself kind of folks. Um, We've got lots and lots of information that's there if you enjoy reading um, or if you want to cure insomnia, either way. I mean, you can go and read stuff. Uh, Some people find this stuff boring. Not me. Not you, Justin. Not me. Oh, yeah. We're all a bunch of nerds. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, I got tape in the middle of my glasses. I mean, (laughs) proud of it. (laughs) All right, so uh, let's get back just for a second into uh, into this situation. As we had noted, we got Edward and Kimberly due to COVID uh, issues. They've moved in with Edward's mother, Ruth. Um, She's teaching the kids or helping the kids learn virtual. Virtually, yeah. I always say viral, and, and now I'm stopping viral, myself virtual. to say it vir. You know, I said it right and stopped myself. Okay, so virtually they're learning virtually, and and uh, grandmother is helping. Um, but they've created quite a mess um, of financial situation. I call it a mess. It's really just a complex situation. So, um, you know, the the couple has now uh, become part of the mortgage. Obviously, part ownership in the house. She's got other assets that are outside. Um, Shauna, did you have anything you wanted to add? Because I do have a question, if you don't. You can go ahead and ask your question. Okay. Um, I just wanted to know, we had talked about the equalization. I mean, the, your your initial point was, so the house is worth $1.2 million, but there's a mortgage on it. So if the mortgage just theoretically is 400000 the gift that the that Edward and Kimberly are getting is 800000 and the sister gets $1.2 million. Uh, while the kids might be able, okay with that, parents usually aren't. Is there a way that they could equalize the gift, that Ruth could equalize the gift that she is giving to the kids so that there wouldn't be, you know, disgruntlement, I guess? Your kids fight. I don't know. Uh, Justin, you only have one. Shauna, you got three. Your kids ever fight, Shauna? A little bit. Yeah. Not a lot, to be honest with you. It's kind of surprising. I thought they'd fight more, but they do sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. But they're all in the same sport, so that helps. You know, they're, they're, they're in, like, kind minds. Yeah. In this situation, there, so to answer your general question, there is a way to equalize in the state, okay? Okay. So, you know, and it just depends. Like, this one would still be hard. So if, if you said, okay, we're going to pay the mortgage off from the assets, that would be 400000 right? 
Yeah. So then Edward would still be getting 1.2 million, and now she's only getting 800. There's no way you can equalize a house, other yeah. than, you know, you, I know when we were on the break, you were talking about well maybe do it 50 50, and you can. So you could do it where it's you know 50 percent house to each and 50 percent account. And then if Edward wanted the house, he would have to buy his sister out. So that would leave equal playing ground. Um, and it's possible that he could do that. You know, if, if Kimberly really makes that much money as a PA, it's possible that they have the money to buy their sister out. Right. Um, or could use the cash. To, I mean, but there's not going to be – I mean, if he, if he split and it's like 400000 if 800000 400000 it's still going to be hard to, you know, buy out because you just can't split – the house that way, if that makes sense. So right, in this situation, right. the way that the assets are falling and titling, um, it would be hard to equalize it. But in general, if a parent is trying to equalize their share where, you know, I'm leaving the house worth this much and the assets here, there is a way for attorneys, and I'm not an attorney, so right. you know, take this. I know enough to be dangerous. You're everything um, but way. an attorney, seen, though. <laughs> you seem I to have be. seen attorneys write into documents about equalizing from cash. So it's like, okay, we're going to split this, split this, and then whatever's left, if they get more here or they get less here, we're going to equalize with assets, okay? So I have seen that written in before, um, you know, something similar, not that exact language, but, you know, you just want to make sure because it's not, in this situation, it would be hard to equalize just because you can't, you know, cut a house in half. So, mm -hmm, right. um, you know, maybe 50, 50 for each, like you suggested potentially with the house and the, you know, yeah. assets, but if they've already retitled the asset, then again, you're running into issues right there. Sure. Because now it's not going to pass through the will if it's retitled to somebody else. So at the very least, what you're saying is they probably should have left it. And I know you said this in the last segment, they should have left the house alone. Maybe uh, take the dad who recently passed off of the, off of the title uh, and the mortgage of the house since, you know, he's not in the picture at this point anyway, just to uh, lessen the complication a bit and, and not get uh, the, get Edward and Kimberly involved in the ownership of the, of the property. Right. I just think, you know, and what if, um, you know, what if Ruth lives till she's 90 and she spends down a lot of those assets and now yeah. she's really, yeah. you know, leaving less to the daughter and, and, you know, Edward and Kimberly are young. They're in their mid-40s. So, like like you said, if Edward predeceases his mom, then if it's joint tenants with rights of survivorship, Kimberly would get the house. And, I mean, she's 43. She's probably going to get remarried at some point. And then that would be her and her future husband's house. And so Ruth just completely disinherited her daughter, you know. Right, right. If, is that the intent? So you have to think about those things. Yeah, um, no doubt. When you're setting this up and how it's structured. Yeah, and then there's the other complication. Usually uh, real estate prices are relatively stable, but we all know that uh, you can see significant fluctuation in, in financial assets, especially equities. Um, so that would be one that's going to be tough to tame no matter what you do, unless you did try to give, you know, maybe parse that up a bit and, uh, you know, let, let Edward pay off whatever portion he would he would still owe on any mortgage that he had. I, you know, it is tough. But here's the thing. Uh, Shauna, you probably have seen situations that are a bit more complicated than this one, I would imagine. Uh, when you go through life, you make decisions, and sometimes you don't have complete knowledge or information, and you can create a situation that's pretty complex, even without trying sometimes, right? So uh, if you 
find yourself in that spot, Shauna would love to talk to you. And the way that you can reach her is 770-429-9166. Sensler Financial asks for Shauna Theri Alt, and uh, she can help you whether you're getting divorced, needing a state put together. Of course, you'd have to get attorneys to help on that. But, um, you know, she she can fix your taxes, fix your financial plan. Uh, Shauna, can you fix the car? I mean, I got a few issues. You can fix everything else. No. Actually, you know what? Um, when I was growing up, I had a close family member that was a mechanic, and I used to work in cars. So. Oh wow! So there you go. I actually, not these computerized cars. They were the old, you know, yeah. regular. <laughs> right. Easy to work on cars with tools. You didn't have to have a computer, but I, I actually have done that before. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get you ASE certified and have you <laughs> under the hood before you know it. Uh, I'm sure you could pass the test. You could pass everyone else that we've put in front of you. So. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's awesome information. Um, I tell you what, let's, uh, before the break, let's go ahead and throw out something here. We got a question this week that might be right in your wheelhouse, Justin, uh, if only I could find the remainder of my notes. Um, should, uh, Frank from Powder Springs asked, should I be looking for more ways to generate tax-free income for the future with government spending at a high uh, with the pandemic, I'm learning more toward um, or leaning more toward bumping up my tax-free retirement funds. I'm about 10 years out from retirement age. We got a few minutes or a few seconds. You want to start into that, and we'll probably break in a second. Yeah, you know, I mean, if if he works at a company that offers a retirement plan that has a Roth component to it. How, how common are those these days? They're becoming much more common. You know, 10 years ago, it, even five years ago, they really weren't that big of a deal. But now, um, with with tax rates being lowered over the years, sure. a lot of people really want to take advantage of that, especially because you can save so much more in the Roth portion of a retirement plan than you can in a Roth IRA. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, let's stop right there for a break. we got one more segment. When we come back, we'll flesh this out a little bit and maybe even talk about what might happen in the future yeah weird huh you're listening to money talks we'll be right back Falling too fast to prepare for this tripping in the world could be dangerous everybody circling his vultures negative in recent months economic activity picked up we can't deal with an economic crisis until you beat the pandemic Which way will it go? We're here to keep you informed. This This is Money Talks. We're back. We still don't know which way anything might go until we get an election, right? I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with Justin, Justin Wagner, and uh, Shauna Theriault. We've been talking about all kind of interesting information today. Um, If you'd like us to talk about your particular financial situation we'd love to hear from you our question hotline number is 1-855-429-9166 give us a call leave us a message Uh, we play the message on the air and answer your question right behind it or you can call our uh, regular number 770-429-9166 ask for the radio show or kelly lynn Uh, she'll get you or she'll get us your question and uh, we can answer your questions that way or the more popular spot is emailing 
uh, our email address, drgeneatensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can go to our website. We've got lots of information, and uh, you might figure out an answer to your own question. If it's very specific, you might want to give us a call, though. Um, all right, so, uh, Justin, we were talking about this question from Frank from Powder Springs who said, uh, should I be looking for more ways to generate tax-free income for the future? He's a little worried about uh, government spending at a high and, um, you know, doesn't want to be taxed to death, I guess, but who does? Um, so we were talking about Roth, the the Roth 401k uh, that he might be able to access through his, uh, through his employer, employer. Yeah. right? Uh, anything that we need to add to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> we had talked about, I, I really think now, you know, this is um, timely and topical because part of the Biden uh, tax proposal, tax change proposal, is to uh, make the playing field equal across the board. Uh, his his thought is, and it makes sense, uh, you know, people that get that are in a higher tax bracket actually get more benefit mm-hmm. from saving for their retirement by the fact that they can save uh, pre-tax, say if you're in 37 plus percent uh, tax bracket, then you get that 37 percent for saving, whereas someone making less than you in a 15 percent tax bracket only gets 15 percent for saving. So his proposal is do away with the uh, with the pre-tax savings, so you get taxed on everything at your tax rate. At the end of the year, you get a 26 percent credit. So anyone below that 26% actually gets a benefit. So, so the, it's a flat credit. It's pretty much what he's Right, yeah, everyone gets the same credit. So, you know, if you get 26% in your tax bracket, it's only 15. That's a boost for you. But those making, in, you know, bigger income and then might be in the 37%. Yeah, it's, it's actually a negative because you're going to pay your full tax, only get a 26% credit. You've paid 11%, just rounding numbers, um, now and you would also have to pay your tax in the future. So folks are, are looking to potentially. I mean, one of the one of the easy ways to potentially combat that is go ahead and pay your tax now, right. and not have to pay it again. And you would do that with a Roth 401k. So I would imagine you said that um, you know they're getting popular. I would imagine they're going to get more popular, wouldn't you? They are. You know, one of the things it has to be written in, into the plan design, right? So right. not all retirement plans are created equal. They're all designed differently. And a lot of that's driven by your your plan sponsor, which would be the company that you work for, sure. whether they put that into the document or not. But we always recommend having that as an option. And all of our plans that have not had them in the past, we've transitioned them to have that option. Yeah. Just because, you know, especially for younger folks, when you just start out working, you're likely going to be in the lowest bracket you'll ever be in. So it's a great time to start saving money, having it taxed up front, because likely as you get older, you'll be in a higher bracket, right? Yeah. But even someone who may be in a higher tax bracket, you know, we talk about diversifying investments all the time. Sure. But the thing that a lot of people don't talk about, and Jarrett and I have talked about this a lot before, is diversifying your tax liability. Right. Because when you get to retirement, you may have a million dollars in a pre-tax account, but that's not a million dollars in spending power. Sure. Right. So, uh, again, I think if he has the ability to save via Roth in his retirement plan, definitely take advantage of it. Again, as we talked before, an IRA, you're limited to how much you can save. 6000 right. if you're under 57 if you're over 50 via Roth. And if you make too much money, and Sean, I can speak to this as well, you can't even contribute to it. 
Right. Right. In a 401k, all that disappears, or a 457, whatever type of retirement plan you're in. Even a Roth. Even a Roth. You can max it out. You can put in 19,000 if you're under 50, 26,000, 19,500 this year, and 26 if you're Mm -hmm. over 50. And you could make $500,000 and still contribute. Yeah. That much via Roth to the to the your retirement plan. That's a huge deal. Yeah. How does company matching work there? Would you recommend that you would save your your matched funds in in a traditional four hundred one k still, and so, then just do the overage in the Roth? Yeah. So so the way the, the companies match always comes to you pre tax. Okay. So always. no matter what. That, that's because they that's because they take that's it as they a deduction. Their, that's they how they get their tax benefit. It's double right. dipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if even if you're contributing to a Roth portion, your employer is going to the pre-tax, and then you're almost, you know, you're getting, getting two different buckets there already, which is good. Exactly. But to your point, Justin, you know, the the accountant in me is always wanting to save money. Totally agree. Lower tax bracket, younger individuals. If you're making five hundred grand, it's hard for me to say let's not get that nineteen five tax mm-hmm. deduction. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got another question that revolves around 401ks. Uh, Adam from Woodstock uh, asks, I'd like to make some more tactical moves in my 401k. My employer has a a pretty robust suite of options between large, mid, small uh, cap uh, and value growth and blend. I know growth has been quite hot lately. Should I push my allocation into all large growth? That's what I would call kind of... No. driving down the road in your rear view mirror, right? Well, and, you know, I think the other thing is so many people since we've started working from home, we've had these amateur day traders that now think that they're these professional day traders, and that's what they do all day. And, by the way, they want to do that in their 401K plan or whatever sure. retirement plan they have. Most companies actually have trading restrictions on how often right. you can actually go in and trade within your retirement plan, which I think is a good thing Yeah. because, look, even someone like you – who knows as much as you know, no one needs to be trading in and out of their retirement plan every single sure. day, right? Yeah. And as much as we've seen large large cap growth run this year, I would make the argument that that's to be the last place I'd be looking to move money yeah, to Yeah, well, right we now. talked about valuation earlier right. in the show, right? It's the most expensive place to go. Sure. So you're looking at 63% premium, or should I buy some value that's maybe only at a 20% or a lot of folks have a dividend option within their 401k? Why not look at something like that that's got even better valuation? And when you're talking about 401k, you're not talking about individual stocks usually, right? Correct. You, there you are actually some can't options. hold. Well, with 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 they have separate accounts that you could invest in, right. but most 401ks, 457s, 43bs invest in mutual funds, and now some ETFs are being allowed sure. within yeah. those as well. Yeah. So you know, for the most part, you're you're doing kind of an asset allocation. Correct. Within your within your fund, and it's up mm-hmm. to the sponsor, as you've noted before, uh, to give you good options. Correct. That's that's their well, deal. It's the sponsor and the advisor. You know, most a lot of plans still today don't even have advisors on them. Yeah, so that's really your role, right? Which is our role. Yeah, right. so you go in, kind of team up with the sponsor, and uh, it allows you not only to advise the sponsor on getting good options for the employees mm-hmm. and the and the participants to use. But also talking directly to those participants. Educating those participants. I mean, back in March and April, I cannot tell you, I mean, you know, we have over 80 retirement plans, over 5,000 participants. If you don't think my phone and email was lighting up during (laughs) March and April, 
I mean, it was every other every other thirty minutes. It was somebody yeah. else coming and wanting to go to cash. Is that you know, was that a common thing? I was going to very ask very common. Yeah, and yeah. you know, as we told them then, hey, we don't know where this thing's going to bottom out, yeah. but we do know, as we've talked before, at some point. The market will stop dropping. It will turn and it will recover. We don't know when. We don't know how long. Right. So again, if you don't need that money within ten years, yeah, don't don't worry about leave it. it. Leave it. Leave it according to your strategy. That's exactly right. right. Yeah, that's and exactly and right. I say you know instead of trying to trade it, leave it according to your strategy. Correct. What we do know is if you look back to 1925, there's been two ten-year spans where the market you would have started, and ten years later had less money, and even then it's slightly less, but. Uh, you know, for the most part, the market goes up because the average return on those 10-year rolling periods, 10.5% annually. Even with the Great Depression, uh, World War II, uh, presidential impeachment, com, serious, serious yep. stuff, yeah. All right, Sean, a market up or down this week? It's time. It's up. Market's up, okay. What up. Do you think? I mean, can't go against yeah. that. Who would ever say anything else? I always say up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll get you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.